I think there are so many people who want to be entrepreneurs because they've bought into the hype around it. Yeah. And they've never stopped to think, why do I want to do this? How do I want this to affect my life? How will this help design my life? You know, they don't have that vision. And that's so important because you can do whatever the fuck you want to do. Yeah. Hopefully that fuck is okay. Have you listened to the Gently Mad? It's, it's definitely okay. I mean, I know, but like, you know, it's just like, I'm just, you know. This is the Gently Mad, a show where I talk to and pick the brains of the smartest people running creative online businesses. Actually, not so much. If you're looking for that inspirational kick in the pants to help take your life and career to the next level, then this is probably not the place for you. To be perfectly honest, this podcast is about me. Hey, I'm Adam Clark and I'm your host. Thanks for listening. I do talk to people on this show, but instead of that double rainbow of success BS that you'll get in most entrepreneurial shows, we talk about failure, self-doubt, and all the insecurities that we all have that keep us from doing much of anything with our lives. If that sounds like your kind of thing, then head over to avclark.com slash TGM and subscribe. Any actionable advice or helpful tips are simply a byproduct and purely unintentional. All right. How's it going, guys? Welcome to The Gently Mad. I'm Adam Clark. I'm your host. Thanks for listening. It has been a while. Uh, well, it's been about, uh, eight months or so, but in reality, it's been about three years. Uh, I, I came back with this show last summer, 2017 for like three episodes and it didn't last, didn't take. Okay. I, I recorded a bunch of episodes, but I just, it, I, I didn't have it. I, I don't know. I didn't like the episodes. I didn't feel like I was, I was doing any, I don't know. It just wasn't there. I, I, whatever it was, was gone. I, I really thought that I was done podcasting because I was having a hard time, just a really hard time recording episodes and the the conversations just weren't great. So I only ended up releasing three episodes. So it was kind of like this false start. And I announced it last summer, TGM was coming back and then it didn't come back because I just, you know, felt like I didn't, I didn't have it. But this year I have been planning the return of the gently mad along with several other new things that I'm doing but this is a big part of it and something changed I started recording episodes and it was just it was clicking it felt fresh again it felt new it felt like these conversations were valuable and they were great and and I just got really excited and so this is the first one man I I'm really excited right now because this feels like it did three years ago. Feels like it did in 2015. So I'm sure over the next few episodes, I will get into a little bit about what the hell has happened in the last three years, why I quit in the first place, what's gone on and why I'm back. But I'm just back to a lot of shit. You know, I'm just, I'm just back to doing a bunch of stuff that I abandoned three years ago at the depths of depression. And we can get into all that crap if you want to at some point. But uh, I've got Janelle Allen on the show today, and I couldn't think of a better conversation to kick off TGM once again. Hopefully it just, you know, there's never another kickoff. Hopefully this just continues indefinitely. We'll see. But 
I couldn't think of a better way to start this again because Janelle is amazing. She is a deep, deep thinker and she is really, really good at what she does, which is something called instructional design. And if you have been in the entrepreneurial space at all for the last three or four years, then you've heard of something called online courses. Super popular. Everyone's kind of burning out on them right now. It's it's a little bit of a course overload going on, but that's that's what she does. She helps entrepreneurs and businesses make better online courses that are profitable and change lives. So uh, we talked, actually, we didn't talk a ton about online courses. We, we just kind of talked about her story and how she got into entrepreneurialism and working for herself and background in music and, you know, just all that stuff. But one of the new things I'm doing with uh, TGM this time around is I wanted to include bonus episodes. So this show has always been kind of meta. It's been kind of philosophical and existential and full of all my angst and issues, which have a lot to do with meaning and purpose and what's the whole point of our existence and why are we here and all that kind of stuff. But I also really enjoy the episodes that are really practical, that really get down to how we can improve. And so I wanted to figure out a way to kind of mix that stuff. So the idea that I settled on, which is not new, but the idea I settled on is to have bonus episodes. So every episode of The Gently Mad is going to have a bonus component. And that bonus episode is going to be where we do kind of a deep dive into whatever topic my particular guest of that week is an expert in. So in this case, we have the regular TGM episode that you're about to listen to, and then there's a bonus episode about 30 minutes long that uh, Janelle and I just went pretty deep into online courses and how do you do them and how do you sell them and what do we do about the fact there's some kind of course fatigue going on and is it still possible to make online courses and make a business out of that in 2018 we just covered a ton of great stuff and that is all in the bonus episode it's a separate feed it's a private feed for TGM members. Now, when I say members, uh, immediately that applies cost. There is no cost. You just have to sign up. You sign up, get on the newsletter, and then you get access to the private bonus feed. And so far, every episode I've recorded has a bonus episode that goes along with it. Some of them are 15 minutes, some of them are a whole extra hour. But I really like this model because it allows me to do the main TGM episode and still focus on all the broader picture stuff and then have something extra that is super granular, super practical, like actual actionable takeaways for your business. I like both of those kinds of content. It's just that I don't like this sort of double rainbow success bullshit, as I said in my intro, that a lot of entrepreneurial shows kind of focus on because that's not what entrepreneurialism is. It's not what being an entrepreneur is. It's it's hard and it's tough and it sucks a lot of the time. So that's what I'm doing. And I've got kind of a cool thing going on. You can actually subscribe. If you're listening right now, I'm assuming you're probably listening on your phone. You can subscribe and get the bonus feed with a text, okay? Technology, people, 2018. All you gotta do is text the word TGM to the number 345-345. And that's it. 
uh, I'll respond with a text and you'll be on the list and you'll get access to the bonus feed. So again, just text the keyword TGM to 345-345 and you're done. I'm really excited to see how this works. It's something I wanted to try three years ago and never did, but uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's pretty freaking cool. So, okay. I, we've already, you know, even when I try to make it short, it still ends up being 10 minutes. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to talk less. Okay, really, really quick. I am heading in a few hours to MicroConf in Vegas. And if you happen to be listening to this and you're going to MicroConf, then I would love to meet you. Look me up. I'll be around. I'm the rather large guy with the beard and probably wearing a beanie, depending on how hot it is. So that's coming up this week. What else? So many new things. I just can't get get to them all in this intro. I'm gonna have to spread it out over future intros. But, uh, oh, this is not technically a new show. It's already been in iTunes for years. So I don't really get the advantage of launching a new show and, and kind of spreading the word. So I would really, really appreciate it if you would go into iTunes, leave me a rating and review, and that really helps other people find the show. Just jump over to the iTunes app on your phone or your computer, wherever you're at. Take two minutes and do it. And I am bringing back the book giveaways. So if you leave me a rating and review, then you will be entered to get a free book. Uh, we're going to do it once a month. And I haven't decided what this month's going to be, but it's going to be something cool. Okay. Uh, so those are the things. Go to thegentlymad.com subscribe and you can get the bonus episode uh, or you can subscribe with your phone by texting TGM to 345-345. Also leave me a rating and a review in iTunes. I would greatly appreciate it. That's it. I know I'm forgetting something, but let's, uh, let's get into this conversation with Janelle right after this word from, yes, we have a sponsor and it's a good one. Okay, guys, we're sponsored this month by Fizzle. If you're familiar at all with me and my history and any of the stuff that I've done, then you're familiar with Fizzle. I love those guys and girls. It, it is a just an amazing business, okay? Fizzle, what they do is they help you build your business faster with training, coaching, support, and an amazing community. And I have taken a bunch of the courses in there. I've done a lot of stuff, but for me, the biggest thing is the community. It's, uh, it's, it's a community you want to be a part of. How many communities can you say you actually want to be a part of? Not many, if you're gonna be honest, or at least for me, that's the case. And this is one that is the real deal. These guys are the real deal. This is not some sort of sleazy online marketing douchebaggery, whatever, okay? This is a real community of like-minded folks who will not let you quit. And all I can say is everything that's happening for me this year with the relaunch of the show, the relaunch of my course and my new business, which has just taken off like I could never have dreamed, a lot of that is directly attributable to Fizzle and the impact they've had on my life. They're sponsoring the, the first month back of this show without really much guarantee of return just because they support me and want to help me out and they will support and help you as well. So go to fizzle.co slash TGM, get a month for free and look me up in the community. I'd love to connect with you there. Trust me, you will not regret it. 
Okay, guys, it's that time in the episode. We're going to talk to Janelle, and it was a great conversation. All my guests are great, okay? I mean, I, I wouldn't have them if they weren't great. But Janelle was awesome. We're going to do a part two because, you know, even after talking for two hours, we, we just couldn't cover it all. But I hope you enjoy it, and I'll be back at the end to wrap things up. was on hold I subscribed well when I say recently I mean within the last few months and was listening to some episodes but I, I didn't notice obviously that uh, they had stopped so um, how long has it been uh, how long has it been on hold it's been about six months yeah I um, really kind of yeah I kind of have been recalibrating my thoughts in the online course space and that coincided with just like me getting really super busy um yeah and i just decided i was going to pause and kind of figure out um what direction i wanted to take it so when it launches back it's it's very likely going to be different um than it is now so it is coming back though yeah yeah oh okay yeah, I, I've done a lot of those pauses uh, to, quote, recalibrate, <laughs> and those pauses turn into um, hiatuses and then, and then into indefinite uh, quitting. So <laughs> just, yeah, uh, you're probably not the same that. as me, but um, that's what happens for me. So I was just curious there. So you're, yeah, your podcast, I mean, I remember you from Fizzle, and I remember when you first started podcasting. Did you, um, how long was your hiatus? Well, I, uh, I started, I started the Gently Matt originally, uh, in 2013 it was a design show and I did about, mm -hmm. I don't know, um, 40 something episodes, about a year, uh, they were weekly and, yeah. uh, and then I took a break and in between that break I started a podcast network with some friends and, and so then I resumed it as part of that network and did it for another six months or so and, and then, uh, getting closer to 2015, I, everything changed. Um, I quit freelancing. I decided mm -hmm. to make the podcasting course and go full time with TGM. And, uh, so I relaunched it all, um, then, and, and the focus of the show, it wasn't a design show anymore. Um, it's, was more what it, uh, what people know it for now. Cause that's when it got really popular. And, uh, and I did that for, I don't know exactly how long, about six months or so, maybe not quite, uh, before I just completely burned out and quit everything and took a job yeah. with Apple. And then, you know, that was a couple of years and, and, and now I am, uh, uh, now I'm back. It's kind of a long, uh, it could be a long <laughs> story, but yeah, so now I'm, so it's been, I, I, quote relaunched it last summer and uh, it was terrible it was it was it was a total false start like I, I hadn't really podcasted in you know uh two years at that point and I started recording interviews and they were just all so bad and I felt like I've lost it like whatever skill I had whatever it was it's gone because mm. these conversations just aren't good um and it wasn't the guest's fault I just found myself like people would stop talking and I had no idea what to say next. And that's, I've never <laughs> encountered that in my life. Like I am never without things to say. And so yeah. I was so like kind of spooked by that. I was like, 
well, okay, I guess I'm not doing this anymore. And, uh, and then, you know, with my wife's encouragement and different things, I just decided, um, this is what I like doing. So I'm going to figure out what's going on. And so over the last couple of months, I started recording episodes again and it was back. So I I don't know. I I don't know what, I don't know whether it was sort of like a podcaster's block thing or, um, there was just fear of, uh, well, there was a lot of shame and guilt over quitting and, and, and had a lot of feelings to deal with. So maybe it was that that was hanging me up. I don't know. But, um, so I released about three episodes last summer. Um, but now it's coming back for real and, uh, and I'm going to go back to weekly. Um, before uh, in 2015, it was three times a week because I was trying to, like I said, I was living off of it full time and, uh, and I just couldn't sustain it. You know, I just burned out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so it'll be weekly and, but I've got other shows I'm going to be doing too. And I mean, who knows, who knows? So it's, it's kind of, you know, I, but I, but this is definitely the main thing. And, uh, um, I'll start releasing them once I, you know, I like to have a couple months worth of, well, yeah, I like to have a couple months worth of episodes in the can, or at least just get to a point where I feel like, okay, we can, we can launch now. I'm in enough of a groove where, you know, um, it's time to start. So, yeah. So that's what I'm doing. Cool. I, why did you, uh, why did you, what, what brought on you, uh, taking a break with, I know you said you wanted to recalibrate and think through things, but, uh, what was kind of the impetus of, of taking a break from your show? Just burnout. Yeah. I, really? uh, <laughs> I just couldn't do it anymore. I, I just started podcasting on a whim and, um, was yours weekly? Enjoyed it. Yeah, it was. Okay. And I really enjoyed it. I, I've always loved interviewing. I used to have a site called the grand life, like way back, probably 2013. Mm. And I would just interview people like Chase Reeves and Corbett Barr, who I know, you know, and a bunch of different entrepreneurs, Paul Jarvis, but not asking the typical entrepreneurial questions, just kind of getting, getting a few layers deeper. And so I've always loved interviewing. Um, but I found that as things picked up, you know, in other ways, cause I, I never wanted to to have ads on the show. So it wasn't, um, I didn't have revenue that way. It was more of indirect as far as marketing. So, you know, I was still doing client work and, you know, creating my own products and I just got tired of being up until 4am every night, frankly, you know, (laughs) like I, I just, I wrote about it on the blog. I just, one night I just physically looked at, I remember looking at you know, the clock and it was midnight and I hadn't started prepping the show for tomorrow. <laughs> and I was like, there's no fucking way I'm going to do this. Yeah. And I just tapped out. I was just like, I just went to bed, you know, cause it had been months of just staying up in the wee hours of the morning, you know, maybe going to bed an hour before my partner was getting up for the day. And I just was, I just couldn't do it anymore. So yeah, that, Um, and then just the feeling of, um, I started to, I come from, uh, academic and corporate online course background. And so I started to realize that there were just some differences and I'm sure we'll get into this, um, within the entrepreneurial online course sphere, if you will. And I won, I realized that I was going to need to talk about some different things. Yeah. So it, it all just coincided. 
Yeah. So the the pausing in addition to burning out was that you thought, you know, what you were going to what you needed to be talking about needed to change. I don't even think I was there yet. I, I think that it was mostly burnout. And then this feeling that at that point, it was if I was going to come back, it would be uh, things would probably change. But I hadn't thought deep enough about it. I just was tired, man. <laughs> I was just yeah. tired. I just, yeah, that's really what it was. No, I mean, I know that exact, exact feeling. That was the thing for me. But yeah. as I've spent, you know, three years thinking about it <laughs> and obsessing, um, I think uh, for me, there were some reasons that I was so tired and burned out. In fact, I had a, I, I posted on Instagram, uh, yesterday, or maybe I didn't, maybe I haven't posted it yet. I don't know. I, I made a video and it was about how, um, just that whole thing, like, uh, you can be busy and be super happy or you can be busy and burn out. And I think, I think the difference is, is what you're busy with. You know, if you're working on the wrong things, then it's going right. to lead you to burnout. But if you're working on the right things, then it's going to lead to, um, momentum. And so, uh, so I feel like a lot of times burnout comes from, uh, and both of them have the same, same sort of, you know, amount of hours involved. So I feel like the burnout comes from working on the wrong things, which means you're always slammed, but you're not going anywhere. It feels like you're just treading water. You know, the needle isn't moving and, and that leads to kind of depression and burnout. So, um, so I think that was what it was for me. Uh, I don't know if it was similar for you, but I think I quickly realized like after I got through the initial, okay, I'm, I'm just not going to keep doing this. I realized what the problem was and it was, you know, up until that point, I wasn't being strategic about my business. You know, I was just trying things and you hear a lot of people talking about, you know, just trying things, just start just this, just that, but it's important to be strategic and be working on things that are going to move your business forward. Like, I think a lot of people don't hear that enough and they get started and they just do a bunch of stuff. And that's how you can burn out. You know, you have to be getting traction from what you're doing. It has to have some type of some type of connection and measurement and it has to be moving you forward. And if it's not, it's like you said, you're spinning your wheels. And I realized that I didn't really have a strategy for the podcast. I, when I came down to it, I was just doing it because I liked interviewing, but that was all I ever thought about. So I took, I took a moment and I took a step back and I just kind of reassessed my business and what were the things that I needed to do to move my business forward. And I realized that that podcast could live on. You know, it, it it was okay if I took six months, even a year off because people are going to keep discovering it. Right. And I didn't need to stress out about that. And I think we just sometimes we stress out about things that really aren't that big of a deal. I needed to focus on revenue, you know, really, yeah. instead of staying up till 4 a.m. every week, um, you know, stressing out about a podcast. <laughs> I still do that, but that's just because I'm a night owl and I prefer to work those hours. Um, and my wife yeah. and I have this arrangement where she handles the morning, she gets the kids ready for school, gets them off to school, that kind of stuff. And I do bedtime and, and all that kind of stuff. So 
Um, cool. It's not really great for our relationship because we, we kind of just <laughs> yeah, are like passing right. each other in, in, in yeah. the house. But um, and I think it's got to change because as much as I feel yeah. focused and like working those hours, it's just not a convenient way to live in the world. No. You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I do. I know that very well. I DJ and um, my partner is very we don't have kids, but she's very supportive of I, I'm a night owl as well. Yeah. Everyone in my family, they're night owls. And so I even if I didn't do anything outside of this, like just that fact of being a night owl, that's when I kind of my brain just starts firing. Yeah. And, yeah. And, in that creative zone but it's so hard because you you know you can't have meetings at like 10 p.m you know right <laughs> you i and i work with clients so i've got to exist in both modes um but yeah. then on top of that is like like i said i dj so you know like last night i'm up till 3 a.m working on music and it it's hard to uh yeah, I, I I don't even know what to say. It's it's yeah. really hard. And you can't keep passing. You're right. I mean, that was really what it was that made me stop the podcast. Like I said, my partner is really supportive, but I just got tired yeah. of literally going to bed a couple hours before she got up. And then, yeah. you know, she'd get up. I'd be so knocked out. She'd say goodbye. I'd murmur, uh, you know, and then... <laughs> We and have then, the same you know, life. Well, we probably don't have the same <laughs> life, but it sounds similar. So, <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, I decided that I wasn't going to, um, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want that to become our interaction of just passing in the night. So yeah. that was a big part of the decision that I made. And I, I decided I'm not going to, like, when the podcast comes back, I'm, I've got to have a plan so that it doesn't become that again or else I'll kill it again for good. Because yeah. it's just too important for me to have, you know, that I, I don't want to have just that continually passing each other and not really getting to engage. Like, what's the point? Yeah, it's really, well, there are so many things in there, um, but there, it's, it's just speaking about the relationship, the personal relationship angle like being an entrepreneur, I think most people who are entrepreneurs do it because um, they like it. Obviously, it's a difficult thing. So no, no one decides to work for themselves and be an entrepreneur, you know, because uh, it's not like taking a crappy job because you really need the money. <laughs> there are easier ways yeah. to make money um, than being an yeah. entrepreneur. So, so we all have some love for what we do, and that can lead to... A, always working, you know, just it, when you're self-employed, there's a never ending list of things to do. It's really hard to like switch yeah. it off and, and be at home, be with your family and stuff like that. And for me, it's been, you know, I'm the same. My wife, my wife has been very supportive. Um, but it's been how many years now it's, it's been a decade of, I'm in a really busy season right now, babe, but it's going to end, you know, <laughs> and 10 years yeah, later, I've got I'm this still launch. saying, I've got this launch. <laughs> I know I'm still saying the same yeah. thing and she's still being supportive, but it definitely, um, you know, it, it takes its toll over, over time. And so I, I've kind of got yeah. a rhythm where I, you know, I, I, I work with clients too. So, you know, I have a work session from, you know, I work from around noon until, you know, five or six. And then, um, then there's the evening with the kids and, and dinner and all those things. And then once everyone's in bed around nine thirty or 10, then I come back to work until about, you know, 
three ish, and um, but then I sleep until about you know ten thirty or eleven, you know, mm-hmm. and so it kind of works. But um, and I enjoy it, but uh, like I said, it doesn't feel sustainable. And for a long time, I yeah. tried to be the you know everyone is always all every, every, you know in the entrepreneur space, everyone's all on about you know morning routines and, and it's 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 you know, getting up early and it's you know it's so much better for you and whenever I would challenge people they'd be like well have you actually tried it and I'm like yeah I have fucking tried it and I hate it I hate being up early I don't like it I don't work well I am clear-headed at midnight not at four in the morning you know when you're getting up to do your workout or whatever and so uh last summer I decided yeah, I, t- I was talking about with my wife. She's like, well, why don't you just go with that? And I was like, okay, I will. I'm just going to go with that. I'm going to, this will be my routine. And it's been good. But like I said, at the same time, it just doesn't feel sustainable. Like I'm getting old, you know, I'm almost 40, uh, which is ancient in this business. And um, I feel like just physically, for some reason, it just doesn't feel sustainable. And I don't, I don't know what, why, or, or there's probably other health. It's sleep, man. But it's... <laughs> It's it's sleep, you know. I'm I'm in my right. 30s, and um, Sean Stevenson. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but he um, he has a podcast called uh, Sean the Model Health Show, mm. and um, he wrote a book on he studies sleep, and um, one of the best things that I have found, like the older you get, the more important quality sleep is for you yeah. to feel good and be able to do things. And um, he talks about sleep cycles that we have on average about a 90 minute sleep cycle. And I have found that's been super helpful for when I'm in those periods where I have to, like I have a lot of stuff going on if I'm launching or whatever to time my sleep cycles and not like try to get a certain amount of hours, but certain amount of sleep cycles. Uh, Because otherwise I just like feel horrible. But I think, I don't know, in and of itself, the older you get, for me, I don't have kids, so I don't have that extra element of like just wearing me out, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I know kids are a lot of work. Um, yeah, and I have three, but I have I have found, three daughters, and they're an extra special amount of drama and work. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have found that what what as I get older, my tolerance for like what I want to be doing <laughs> is. Uh, yeah, is low. You know, it's like I I want to, you know, for example, like one of my biggest challenges right now is I don't have enough creative time. Yeah. And I've just found that that's what's hardest for me is is saying, OK, you know what? I'm doing all this stuff, but I'm not really having time to do this other thing that I really want. Yeah. Um, and that to me, that's like I can get past the physical discomfort of like being up. But but. I don't know. I just, I really am having a hard time doing things that are not allowing me to do other things that I really want to do. Would you say that makes any sense? Yeah. Are you an introvert or an extrovert or are you into like personality stuff like Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram and all that kind of stuff? I mean, I've done those, those things. I think that I was just reading about them. Um, People were talking just the like the the sociology geeks were talking about how flawed those tests are. But anyway, I I come (laughs) I test as an introvert, but I am I I do consider myself an introvert, but I don't think I use the normal definition that people like I'm comfortable talking to people and people always are like, 
wow, really? You're an, you know, I can talk to strangers, all of that good stuff. But uh, my definition is I get energy from being alone. I will tap out, like drain, be drained if I'm like in huge crowds. Like the conferences are horrible for me. I I suck at them, (laughs) you know, for that reason. So, um, well, I so, think yeah. that that's what an in, yeah you're totally right. I think people will have a misconception that being an introvert means you're shy, and those are different things. Yeah. You could be shy as very well, different. but um, I'm the same way. I can totally talk to people, and I can be very engaged and and all that stuff. But for me, like uh, like you're talking about the creative time, like I, I have to have time to just think and process or else yeah. or else I'm fucked you know like I, I have to yep. have that time um and it's weird because it feels like a waste you know it's like you know every day I you know but the first thing I do and in, in, in my day is you know, I have this sort of routine where I go get some coffee and I go over to this particular area um where this park is and I just park the car and I sit there and I'll drink my coffee and I'll, I'll usually, you know, um, scroll through Instagram. You know, that's kind of my the only social media platform I, I really like these days. And and I'll just, yeah. uh, you know, and I'll think and I'll just process stuff and I'll look at my calendar and I just um, and sometimes my wife is like, you know, why do you do that? You're gone for like an hour and a half, you know, and it's it's like. And I'm like, I, you know, I feel like it's part of my work. I mean, like, I just have to do it. Um, and mm-hmm. for right now, it, I like starting my day with that. And I may not be able to continue that, but um, like, I have to have that time. And yeah, you're, you're, it, that's the definition of being an introvert is that you recharge um, yeah. from being by yourself rather than being in a crowd. And uh, yeah. but the reason I asked about that is because we sound similar in that way. Um and I agree those those uh, personality uh, typing things. It's kind of like the whole, you know, astrology thing. I think it's there's a lot of bullshit in there. But at the same time, I think yeah, all, all I can say is, is that when I read <laughs> the definitions of the type that I get put into, which is an INTP, um, I resonate completely. Um, and so I, maybe that's just a psychological trick. I don't know, but... Um, all I know is, is that all the stuff that's written about, like how an INTP thinks and works and lives all rings really true. And when I read those things, I'm like, yes, you know, there's this, this website understands me finally, you know? (laughs) And so there's gotta be something to that. Right. You know, I can't, I I think it can't be all bullshit. (laughs) What's funny about that is, um, no, I totally get that. I don't think, I mean, a lot of times depending on the astrological site, I don't really check that stuff out much more, much very often, but, um, you know, back in the day I did and a a lot of stuff would ring true. What's funny about those, those tests is that I've had like three different results. I'm most consistently INTJ, but I have had periods of my life where I was an ENTJ and also an INTP. So I don't know, you know, (laughs) Well, I, I think I we're know. we're very yeah we're we're pretty much we're pretty alike then because you know um, I think my internal quest in life has been to figure out who I am like that's at the that's at the core of everything if I if I if I peel the onion all the way as deep as it can go you know yeah. everything I do is about figuring out who I am and why I'm here and what my purpose is and what what it all means you know and. Uh, I think that's very typical of the IN types and um, mm-hmm. 
the thing about it is I'm the same way. I hate those tests because they never, well, I love the tests because I'm always curious to find out something new about myself, but I hate the tests because I can never answer them. You know, I can never, I never feel <laughs> confident in my answers because it'll be like, yeah. do you, would, would you rather spend time doing X or Y? And I'm like, well, actually both, sometimes X, sometimes right. Y, sometimes exactly, both. And it's exactly. like, how the hell am I supposed to answer that? You know? And yeah, it's like trying to put yourself in a box, you know? Yeah. And so it's, that's why I finally too, just kind of embrace generalism. I mean, like in our world, specialism is held up as this, you know, as the better thing, you know, uh, to be, to be, uh, shallow across the board and then really deep in, in a particular area or thing. And I tried to do that for most of my life. And I always felt terrible that I couldn't. Um, and then I finally just decided, you know, well, that's just not who I am. Like I like a million different things. So for me, my goal in life is not to build a business around the, th the one thing I love doing because there's never going to be one thing. My goal is to build a business that funds my life so that I can do whatever the hell I'm interested in doing that month, you know? So, yeah. so that's kind of where, you know, and it's a shift when you think about things like that. I mean, it definitely changes how you approach business and the types of businesses you build and, and stuff like that. Um, and I don't think there's anything, I finally came to accept that, well, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, um, you could, maybe you could say it's about the money. It is about the money. But um, what it's about is financial independence. What it's about is freedom. It's the ability to, you know, the month I decide I want to be a writer, that I can do that and not have to monetize it immediately to pay the bills and, um, you know, whatever. Because I'm always just going to be that way. I'm always going to have a very diverse set of interests. And I, you could call it laziness. It probably is laziness. But I don't know about you, but like I, I cannot force myself to do something that I'm not interested in. I just can't. I've tried. Yeah. And that's why I suck at being employee. You know, um, <laughs> I, I, I just can't. You know, it comes through. Even if I do it, everyone around me knows that I hate this and that I think they're all morons. <laughs> and I just can't do it, you know. And so. Yeah, we share that, I think. I, I don't, <laughs> you know, I don't know. You've, you've said a lot of great stuff. Um, I want to go back to what you said about um you were talking about like finally realizing what business me means to you, what being yeah. self-employed means to you. Yeah. And I think that is so key. That's something I've been thinking about a lot lately, not so much for myself, but I've realized more people need to hear what you just said, because I think there are so many people who want to be entrepreneurs because they've bought into the hype around it. Yeah. And they've, never stop to think, why do I want to do this? How yeah. do I want this to affect my life? How will this help design my life? You know, they don't have that vision. And that's so important because you can do whatever the fuck you want to do. Yeah. Hopefully that fuck is okay. Um, Oh, well, I've already, have you listened to the Gently Mad? It's, it's definitely okay. I mean, I know, but like, you know, it's just like, I'm just, you know. Uh, <laughs> but people don't think in that way. Like we get no. so stuck in trying to borrow somebody else's template 
and then apply it to our lives. And it doesn't work like that. It's like, what do yeah. you want? Yeah. What do you want? Yeah, that's that is so that that's what I spent the last year at Apple thinking about was like, what do I really want? And that is all that matters. It doesn't matter if other people will like it or if I will be approved of by my peers or people will think well of me. What's going to matter in the end is what I want. What do I really want? Yeah. And, and the thing is, that's hard to answer for a lot of people. You got to dig and it takes time and you really have to dig deep to figure out what it is you tr truly value and want out of life. But once you get a hold of that thing, um, it can change everything, you know? And yeah. I think you're right. A lot of people think of entrepreneur entrepreneurialism, uh, uh, if that's a word, as a ticket to freedom, some sort of freedom. And, uh, and it can be. But it's not by default. I mean, having a nine to five is its own kind of freedom uh, for a certain kind yeah. of person. So, uh, you know, it's you're, you're absolutely right. It's it. That's why, like in my podcasting course, I there's it's it's so I, I spend so much time about. And this isn't me just trying to pitch the course. It's really true. I spend so much time talking about the why like I just feel like the, the why is the most important question in just about every single every single thing you do in life um, and especially when it comes to marketing which podcasting is you know it, it's all about the why and if you can answer why then all the other questions you have just it's they're like dominoes they just fall over you know the answer's there um, but if you don't really know the why then every every decision becomes this uh, just supreme pain in the ass to answer, you know. So yeah, yeah. And I would also add that if you're not comfortable with the why, so there's there's this deeper layer of people who are uncomfortable saying I want to make money, right? And yeah, the reality is is you can't affect change in your life in the lives of others in anybody's life or realm unless you have some type of financial stability yep or just some type of revenue to do that yeah and a lot of times people don't want to admit their that their why is tied to a financial vision or goal yeah um and it you've got to you've got to own your why you've got to dig deep and get uncomfortable and figure out what you want and then you've got to You've got to own your why and be okay with that. It's okay to say, I want to start a business that will support the life that I want to live financially. Yeah, you're, you're so right about owning uh, the why because, you know, I felt like that, like, I don't have normal hobbies, you know. I like going to the movies, mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, I don't have, you know, I don't, do woodworking. I don't work on motorcycles <laughs> or cars. I don't play sports. Um, I'm not, my hobby is making money. And when I, when I say that, like it, it could be taken the wrong way and people get this image of like, you know, Michael Douglas in the eighties and, you know, I must just be a, a <laughs> super, you know, douchebag or whatever. But that's, for me, that's not the case. When I say my hobby is making money, my the thing I love doing is figuring out solutions to problems and how to profit from them. It, it's not about greed, you know, because I'm not wealthy, 
you know, um, and I would be a lot wealthier if I could stick to one thing. But once I've kind of put that puzzle together and figured out how to profit from that, then I'm done, you know, and I, and I move on to, to doing it in another area. And so it was kind of difficult in the beginning to go, yeah, it is. I do like helping people. That's true. Um, I'm not going to say that's not a reason, but my why doesn't sound super altruistic. You know, it sounds mm-hmm. kind of selfish when you say, I like making money, um, but it's the game of it. It's the strategy of it. It's, you know, when I quit my freelancing um, in a day and decided, you know, I'm going to live full time. I'm going to support myself full time with the Gently Mad and can I take a brand new show from zero to full-time income in 30 days? Um, and that was my challenge. And uh, and so it wasn't about, you know, it wasn't about getting rich. It was about, uh, can I do this? You know, does that make sense? Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, one of the things I love in everything that you're saying is just, it's, and I hope everyone is able to get to this place. It's just like, knowing yourself. Yeah. That's really what this is about. And I think you said it when you said everything that you do is about discovering who you are, doing that self work of knowing yourself, you know, even at the level of, of what business means to you or, you know, I don't know anything. It, it could be a job as well. It doesn't have to be a business, but just knowing what you want to do, what you said earlier about being a night person. There's so many people who struggle and try to get up early in the morning and that doesn't fucking work for you. So stop doing it. You know, it's like, why are you trying? You can't, you can't build your freedom off of someone else's life. You have to figure out what it means for you. Yeah. And that is just, that's where I think a lot of people get stuck. It's like looking, looking out. I mean, I purposefully limit my social media intake and how many people I follow because it just becomes this echo chamber of the same ideas over and over and over. And then you lose yourself. Yeah. You lose that. Okay. What do I think? Yeah. I don't even know anymore. You yeah. know, I know there's all these layers uh, within what you're talking about. And I think that, that whole idea of, well, you were talking about, can you know? I think that's life. Life is just an evolving journey of knowing yourself. And then the the more you get to know yourself, the more comfortable and rooted you are. And But yeah. I do think that, that you can know things about yourself in your 20s and, you know, and so on. I just think that there has to be this sense of awareness that it's okay to ask questions and that it's okay to like do your own thing, you know? And I think that that's yeah. what holds a lot of people back. My, my dad and I, my dad basically taught me that, that it's okay to ask questions. You know, we would just talk all night long and he would, we'd have these big philosophical conversations and so how old were you when this was oh happening? this is like all throughout my childhood um and okay. yeah so for me I have always had that thing where I'm going to question and I'm going to explore 
and I'm going to dig deeper. But I don't know that everyone knows that it's okay to question things. You know, my parents live um, in a smaller town. And if you know anything about small towns, I don't know. I don't know where you're from, but there's like this this hive mentality in a lot of small towns where it's not okay to be different to do things outside of the box. Everybody dresses like this. Everybody goes to these places to eat. Everybody, you know, drives this kind of car. And it's okay to question. It's okay to, to be outside of that and yeah. figure out what works for you. Yeah. I, I didn't grow up in a small town. I grew up in Atlanta, but I grew up inside of a fundamentalist religious mm. cult. I mean, that's the kindest way I can put it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I definitely understand uh, what you're saying when, like, you know, your your whole life is about living up to a certain standard. Uh, it's it's everything's performance based, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so it's really hard to break out of that, you know, um, when you grow up. And it's, you know, I still find that um, maybe that's why I have such a deep seated need for approval is because that's what meant everything when I was not so much from my parents, but from like the church and the community I was in, you know, having the approval of the leaders and the leadership was, was the, uh, was the most important thing, you know? And, uh, so, you know, maybe even though I'm not really doing that anymore, maybe I just transferred it into, uh, other, other areas of life. But, um, so where did this happen? Where did you? Okay, uh, that was the intro. So uh, where, where did you? What small town was this where you grew well, up and having these amazing conversations with your dad? I mean, was your was your mom in the picture, yeah, or was yeah. it just you no, and your dad? My, or, um, yeah, my okay. my dad was in the military, so I I lived all over um, the world. I was born in Germany, and um, but he retired in a small town, actually not far from Atlanta. Um, if you're familiar with like the Macon okay. area, um, oh yeah. yeah, and so yeah, so that's that's where my parents are now. But yeah, did you live there as a kid? Would you say that's where you grew up, or that's was where it, I went to high school? So I pretty much we got there when okay. I was about yeah. ten, and so you could say it. But for me, as soon as we touched ground, I was like, I got to get out of here. So I don't, I don't claim it as home. It's, you know, if anyone ever asked me, that's where my parents live. You know, Um, my parents are originally from the East Coast. So it's just, yeah, it's just one of those places that they ended up. What do you claim as home or is there a place? You know, that's funny you ask that question. It's, it, it's always been hard for me to answer that because I was a military child. People are always like, well, where were you born? And I'm like, uh, Germany and, a you know, an Air Force base that got closed down. So, yeah, that doesn't apply. Um, yeah. <laughs> but now I would say Chicago, which is where I'm at now, is probably the closest I've ever felt to home. I've never known what that feeling is. You know, my partner, she's from Jersey. <laughs> And yeah, home means something different for her, right? Her family, all yeah. of her family is there. They've been there for generations. I never had that. And I didn't know it was, yeah. you know, it may sound silly to people, but I didn't know what home felt like. Um, yeah. And so Chicago is probably the closest just because we've made a home here. I really love Chicago. I lived in Atlanta 
I went to college in Atlanta and I never resonated with Atlanta. So, so it's, it's always been challenging and I, I don't think I've a hundred percent gotten there. And, and probably because I'm a military child, I'm always game to just pack up and go somewhere. Yeah. See, you know? I, man, we're so much alike. That's, it's really crazy. That's what I'm saying. This personality typing stuff has something <laughs> to it because we have so much in common and, and, and we kind of typed out the same way in some things, but you mentioned the whole background in institutional, like, uh, what do you call it on your website? The, um, when you help companies instructional design instructional design and all that so how did you even come to that like uh what were you thinking you would do in college and did you have jobs and or have you always been kind of self-employed like i don't know maybe give give me the you know this has been kind of all over the place but these are the best kind of conversations (laughs) for this show and so i'm just curious about you Um, know your how you got from you know, 18 year old Janelle to now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I have had jobs. I, um, I would say that at this point in my life, I'm pretty much a bad employee and I've, I've tried, I've clients have tried to recruit me. <laughs> I've yeah. just kind of let that be known, um, because I've just gotten so used to creating my own way, but yeah, I have had jobs. So I, um, studied in undergrad, I studied creative writing and, um, like you, I wanted to be a writer and I had a really douchey professor one time who, who just told me writers write. And at the time I just thought he was an asshole and he, he, well, he was an asshole, but for different reasons, but, (laughs) but he could be an asshole and be right. So (laughs) Well, that part was right. As yeah. I got older, I realized that, okay, yeah, maybe maybe he was right about that thing. Um, because I just didn't have the discipline to sit down and make myself right for hours. Yeah. And I realized that I wasn't going to be a journalist because because I don't like rules and journalism is all about doing things a certain way. So I pretty much graduated and just wasn't sure what I was gonna do. I had worked um, at Starbucks throughout college and I got promoted to a learning coach. So, and I actually just had this conversation with someone. Pretty you are much seriously every job- my lost long twin. I mean, I'm serious, <laughs> I, I, we, we couldn't have a more similar story. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, every job I've ever had, starting from my very first job as a teenager, I've always been recognized as someone who could help train. Excuse me. And so the same thing happened at Starbucks. I really, I just was gravitated towards training and I was asked to become a learning coach. So that's how I first got kind of that bug as far as, okay, I'm good at this thing. Yeah. Um, I ended up working after college, I ended up working at Apple and the same thing happened. I ended up training customers on using software programs. Really? So around, wow. yeah. When, um, when was, so we both have the history at Apple too. Okay. So when, when was this, what time frame did you work? This was like for Apple. 2004. Four probably 2004 to maybe 2006 
So basically, um, right when they with the iPod and everything was exploding. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, if I hadn't been so broke, I would be very wealthy right now. But I could not. <laughs> did not have the money to invest oh, in stock at that. Man, it's one of those things. Me yeah, too. We're not I, gonna... I feel that, but yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I around that time when I was working at Apple, I started teaching myself. Um, I thought, okay, I'm good at writing. I'm good at training. So I'm going to be a technical writer. Mm-hmm. And I knew that in order to be a technical writer, I needed to learn certain programs. So I would, and I needed to learn a little bit about HTML, CSS. So I basically would go to work, come home, stay up till like 4 a.m. every night. And I, you remember those Adobe books? Yep. Like they had, I would go through books on all of their programs and teach myself how to do, um, how to build websites, how to do, you know, use all the programs, Photoshop, InDesign, Illustrator, blah, blah, blah. And I ended up not getting any of the technical writing jobs I applied for. So finally, the last one that I applied for, um, it was in Atlanta and it, it happened to be a black woman. And I say that for a reason, because I think she recognized something and she helped me out by telling me why I wasn't getting the job, right. uh, which before you know, people kind of didn't, they just, you know, didn't really give me any insight or would be really condescending. I had no idea what I was doing. So, yeah. Um, but she also told me that's how I found out about instructional design. And I applied for a grad program at Georgia State University. And then I promptly forgot about it because I went into a different incarnation of my life and I managed a health food store. Um, and I did that for about maybe a year and a half. And then I quit and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but it's not this. Yeah. And then I got an acceptance letter and I had completely forgotten that I applied for that program. So that's how I got started in instructional design. And once I got in it, I realized this is the perfect fit for all, like everything that I've have enjoyed doing and that I'm good at doing, you know, training, writing, a little bit of coding. This is, this is perfect. This is it. I finally figured it out. So that was my first foray. Um, worked I, for I, the I, CDC. Need to, I need to do that because I still haven't found that thing, but it sounds super intriguing. Um, is that only a graduate thing or, you know, I'm one of those people that I still don't have my bachelor's degree i have i'm three credits away and at one point i was just like fuck it i don't need this and i don't care if i have it but the one reason i wanted is because i always wanted to go to grad school um so i don't know but uh i'm really interested i mean in this whole concept what what, this whole instructional design thing so i man you you ask a lot of layered questions it's hard to just give you That's why this so, show is, is freaking two hours long. So, yeah. Um, yes, it's so it's a grad program. And I I hated undergrad. I would skip it in a heartbeat if I had to go back. I would yeah. not go to college. Um, college is just not for everyone. And yeah, but right. grad school loved it. It was an amazing experience um, that some there's something about 
deciding that you want to do something and then focusing solely on that and not having to go through all the other crap that they put you through in undergrad that doesn't matter and you don't care about. See, I, did, um, I didn't do that, though. That was the thing. I didn't go to college till I was 22. I'd already been employed mm-hmm. full-time for five years and yeah. had been used to making a lot of money. And uh, so I showed up to college with a bunch of whiny 18-year-olds, you know, who were complaining yeah. about the fact that they couldn't wear a certain T-shirt to class. And I'm just like, really? What the fuck is wrong with you? I mean, just <laughs> this is like a vacation. You're telling me I only have to be somewhere for 15 hours a week? You know, it's just so I didn't take any of the shit that I didn't. I only I just took the classes I wanted to take, which is why I have like 300 units and no degree. So uh, I mean, I took those classes, too, but it's just it was just a waste of time. You know, I loved grad school because I could get right to the point. I'm one of those get to the point people. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't. You must be hating this show then. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is like I also said I had long winding conversations with my dad. So this is in that vein. I can do that, too. But yeah. um, Yeah. Undergrad just wasn't it wasn't for me. And um, that has to do with other things. I was really into music. And I think if I had to do it all over again, I would just go into music. And. But anyway, to answer your question. Were you um, in a band? Sorry, not to derail you, but. <laughs> I wasn't in a band. Well, I, I played an instrument throughout middle school and high school. But when I got to college, I actually was an MC, And I, that's when I very first started DJing a little bit. Um, and so, yeah, poetry led to uh, rapping, which led to getting interested in DJing, but I didn't know anyone. I just heard someone say this and he said, your, your kids, he was talking about children, but he said, your kids can't be what they don't see. Yeah. For me, I didn't know anyone who, like I said, my parent, my dad retired in a small town. I didn't have any frame of reference. I'm the first person in my family to graduate from college. So I felt a lot of pressure to do that yeah you know Mm -hmm. and i was in atlanta pretty much taking care of myself um and so i just let the music thing go because i didn't see any way that i was going to be able to take care of myself if i went in that direction so that's the whole other yeah i mean you don't have to give the the long answer but at the same time having grown up in atlanta and you being, you know, on the MC rapper side, uh, DJ side of music, I mean, Atlanta is like a hip hop mecca. So, I mean, you, mm-hmm. what do you mean when you say you didn't see that as a possibility? I mean, I would think Atlanta would be one of the places where a, a kid could grow up and absolutely see examples all around them of successful, you know, um, musicians, I mean, especially now. rappers and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, you now. Mean at the time. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Atlanta, yeah, Atlanta now, but we're talking about like 2000, you okay. know? Yeah. So, yeah, Atlanta now is uh, all of urban the music is driven from the sound and everything that's happening in Atlanta. But back then, you had, you know, a lot of artists who they weren't they weren't making money artists were going broke left and right especially like r&b and hip-hop artists so you know i always had that in the back of my head how are you going to take care of yourself yeah 
And now I know if I had to, you know, they do those things. What would you tell your 18 year old self? Yeah. I would have skipped college and just stuck with music. Well, if that's true, then why aren't you doing that? (laughs) I mean, we we talked a lot about like, (laughs) what do you really want? You know, I mean, if you look back and go, that's the life I wish I had built. What keeps you from going? I could still build it even though I'm in my 30s now, you know? I'm I'm doing music. I mean, I've always, it kind of goes to something you said earlier. You said that you're a generalist. And we were talking about, I, I think I mentioned that my tolerance for not being able to do what I want to do is getting very low. Yeah. Um, for me, I've always done something on the side. I've always, my partner just told me, you can't do just one thing. Yeah, like, yeah I know. Yeah. So... <laughs> I've been DJing and that's cool, but it's getting to a point where the creative side is like, it's like this monster growing and it needs more attention. So the answer is I am doing it, but can I continue to do both things? This is my existential crisis right now, Adam. Can (laughs) I continue to do both things or am I going to say, you know what? It's just music. Yeah. Because I found that for me, different from you, I found that as I get older, I want to go deeper into things. I don't want to jump ping pong into different modes. Yeah. I want to like do something and do it really fucking well. And yeah. I've never had that experience. I want that too. That's that's what I'm saying. It's like I want that, but it's not me. So that's what I, that's what I was saying. Where sometimes you know, accepting that the things you're good at may not be the things you necessarily want. And yeah, that, that there's so many, uh, like that's a spider web of a conversation to get into. But, um, (laughs) but I, yeah, I I have lived always with this tension of wanting to be a specialist and be really, really awesome at one thing and be known for that uh, with the other side of the tension of never being able to seeming to do that and always just being um, a generalist, like it's what I it's what I want, but I've just never been able to pull it off. So, um, I mean, so I definitely feel it. Let's just go ahead and say we're going to have to have a part two of this. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> let's just go ahead and put that yeah. out there. So, I think, and it, I'm hesitant to say this because. I don't want people to listen to this and be like, oh, that's the answer for my life. No, you have to figure out what the answer is for your life. Yeah. So for me, what I've realized is. At, I think you can be interested in multiple things, but if there is if you do have that feeling, at least for me, if I have that feeling that, man, I've never when it comes to art. I've never given 110%. And I'm always looking over my shoulder like, man, I really want to do such and such. What would life be like if I actually devoted the energy to doing those things? And I think that it comes down to just committing is is what I've got from my my thinking sessions. You have to make that choice and you have to put in the work. It's like I work on Zen courses every day, but do I work on my creative stuff every day? Am I really putting the work in? I think that after, it's just like Zen courses. At this point, 
I go on autopilot. I know I'm going to do these things. Boom, 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 knock them out. But you have to do the same thing. If there's something you want to do, you have to structure and commit it. You know, I tell my friends all the time, discipline isn't, you know, made, it's built. It's not like something that you naturally have. And that's the part that I've come to realize, like for creativity. And I think that's what that douchey professor was telling me is that you've got to sit down. If you say you want to do it, sit down and fucking do it and honor your craft yeah by showing up so yeah it's just i guess uh you said something about uh you know what it takes and the lifestyle it takes to do that and yeah for me there's a lot of tension around that because i may want the end result um but i may not want the lifestyle it takes to get that end result so it comes down to like making lists and writing down what do I, again, we're back at where this started. What, what do I really <laughs> want out of life and what really matters the most to me? Not just what I say or what I think or, you know, what I've always thought or what people have told me I'm good at or whatever, but really getting down to what is it that I really want? Because, uh, you know, like I said, I'm, I, I wanted I wanted to be that great American novelist, but the reality is, I didn't want the, the the lifestyle and the work it would have taken to uh, become that. So so that was the choice, you know. It was just a, it's, yeah. it was more of a dream. It wasn't something I really wanted because I I didn't want to do the work to get there. So uh, exactly, and that's okay. I, I yeah, think a lot exactly. of people beat themselves up for for, and that's what I meant earlier is is own your why or your reason. That's okay. Um, But you have to think about that and figure out. um, DJ Jazzy Jeff, you know, he says all the time, die empty. And I know other people say that, but I follow him. And he says that. And for me, it comes down to if I'll get really personal with you. So I had a doctor's visit the other day and she says, oh, there's something strange going on with your thyroid. Hmm. And um, it's something that showed up like a year and a half earlier, and I didn't think about it. So then I start reading about it, and you know, thyroid issues are connected to other health issues as you get older. And I thought about if I'm going to like get old and not remember things or not be able to do things, yeah, is this what I want to be doing? You know, yeah. like. Or am I going to regret not taking a chance and like committing to DJing or music production or whatever it is? Yeah. And so for me, those are the types of questions that that I and it's a privileged ass conversation that we're having. And that's something <laughs> know, that it really like I don't know what your background is, but you know, I, I said this in Fizzle. We talked about both being part of Fizzle back in the day. Yeah. I remember saying this in Fizzle we're having all these privileged ass conversations. It's a privilege to be able to wake up and decide, yeah, I'm not going to get a job. I'm just going to figure this shit out. Yeah. Maybe I won't make as much money, you know, right now, but that's cool. My grandparents didn't have that option. You know, yeah. my grandparents grew up in the depression. Like my grandfather was a postal worker. Did he love that shit? No, but yeah. he had kids and he had to do all of this stuff. 
my dad did he he didn't like being in the military he didn't like like being ordered around but he did it because he had me and he told me the story of like when he had to re-enlist and he was so conflicted but he had other responsibilities and that's what mattered to him it wasn't yeah what kind of work he did it was being able to take care of his family yeah so it's just figuring out what matters to you yeah what is that thing that's going to fill you up and make you feel like you did your fucking job yeah in this life and i think too that there's a misconception that there's just one thing um that can do that it's kind of like the misconception that there's one person out there for you you know which Hollywood has perpetuated that uh, there's just one person that will get you and understand you and it'll be happily ever after and you just got to find them mm-hmm. no matter how many people it takes to get there. And that's just not true. There's a, there's a million people for you. Every single relationship takes work. The, 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 the Hollywood thing is a myth. It doesn't exist. And I think the same thing is true of the, of the careers. It, there isn't just one thing that can fulfill you and make you feel like you you did something. Um, and I think we're just so in search. I am tend to be so in search of that one thing um, instead of uh, instead of realizing that it isn't just one thing and, and that thing can change. And that's one of the biggest things I guess I've learned over the last 10 years is um uh, every single decision isn't, you know, it doesn't carry the weight of the fucking world on it, which is how I treat yeah. decisions. Every decision I make <laughs> is the most important decision in my life. And and it's just not the case. If you don't know what to yeah. do, then you can commit to Starbucks or to whatever it is you're doing in your life right now and know that it can change in a year or in two years. It doesn't mean that this yeah. is what you're going to do for the rest of your life or it's going to completely alter your trajectory um, you, it's, you just have to, uh, the, the question is more about what should I be doing right now? You know, because, uh, it can change, it can all change and, and there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. So, uh, but I yeah. still look for it. I still look for the one thing, you know, that is, that I'm, <laughs> that I'm meant to do and everything will feel right when it happens. And, but then I just think, you know, it just, I don't know that that exists because uh even if you just think about humanity and philosophy and biology and religion and all these different things i don't it doesn't point to the fact that we all you know have one thing we're put here to do you know um and so i yeah i i I don't i don't think um i don't think it's profitable to waste your time you know, that's why it's just important to just do things. I know you're you're right when you said that you, you do have to have strategy and you have to think about things. But I feel like there with, with my life, I've been so concerned about the strategy and the why and all that, that it's kept me from doing things. So it is a tension. The why, all that oh, is yeah. super You've important. Do both. But at the same time, at some point, you just have to start doing things. You try one thing and then you try the next thing and then you try the next thing and then you try the next thing because that's what's going to get you to a place where you have even just data to think about, you know, otherwise it's all just hypothetical. And, and, and that is what will lead to you waking up one day, 70 years old, wondering what the hell did I do? I did nothing, you know, um, cause it was all hypothetical and, uh, yeah, you've got, 
you've got to exist in both modes. Yeah. And, and I think that that's, that's a good point to talk about because you can get stuck. People call it analysis paralysis yeah. or you can get stuck in strategy mode. But you can also get stuck in worker. I think Chase calls it worker B mode, but I yep. just call it just task oriented mode of just like to do to endless to do list. And then you never stop to think, why am I doing this? Yeah. What is the point? How is this going to move thing move me towards my goals? Yeah. So you've got to train yourself. You know, one of the, the things that I started this year because I realized I wasn't doing it. And this happened around the podcast burnout was just like. I have to stop and take space to think about where I want my business to go to be strategic and block out time to do that. And I call it rest days, reflection and strategy, because otherwise I'll just be stuck in task mode and I'm never looking up. You know, it's like driving. You have to be looking at where you want to go. If you're just like looking at the steering wheel you're probably going to crash, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you got to do both. No, you're right. You're, you're totally right. You alluded to Zen courses, and so your actual business is teaching people how to create um, successful online courses, which over the last three years is a huge thing. And um, the, the Gently Mad is primarily... Well, it's basically Adam's therapy hour, to be honest, but it's it's <laughs> the best episodes are like the current conversation we just had. However, there are like specifics and strategies and and yeah. tactics that I think are helpful to people. And that's how I originally knew of you was, um, you know, the Zen courses and online courses are super popular. In fact, I think I think there's a little bit of a. Uh, did you say this to me or someone said it that there's there's a bit of a, a you know course fatigue happening at this point oh, I think yeah. just That's because definitely happening. you know which makes me want to you know kick myself because three years ago when I created my course I, I I wish I hadn't quit and I had actually continued to try to sell it and not just burn out but um but anyway so I mean it's good it's a good thing yeah I, I consider it a good thing people yeah. uh, customers are being more intentional more they're you know really choosing okay where am I going to spend my money because they've realized they've bought all these self-paced courses that they're not finishing which is a good thing because my what I do is I focus on instructional design so how to create courses that get results not just yeah how to make six figures selling your course and hope nobody asks for a return that's not my bag <laughs> Yeah. My bag is how can you improve the quality of your course? And that's what people are really drawn to right now. So that's why I say it's yeah. a good thing because it's forcing course creators to do a better job. Don't just copy your little, you know, blank, pretty much blank PowerPoints and slap a thousand dollar price tag on it. Yep. That's not going to work anymore. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the show and talking about all this stuff, Janelle. This has been really great, and I really appreciate it. Yeah, this has been fun. Appreciate it. I think I needed to talk about this stuff, too, so <laughs> it was it was good for me. Nice. <laughs> well, as long as it's uh, good for me and good for you, then, then, then we did it.
what a great conversation, right? Right? Seriously, Janelle is the real deal, and I was so glad to have her on the show, and I love that conversation. And as we started to get to, at the end there, we, we, we started to get into some of the specifics of what she does with helping people create amazing online courses. So if you're interested in the bonus episode, it's about 40 minutes of amazing content. Seriously has transformed how I'm redoing my course. Uh, you can get in on that by right now, texting the keyword TGM to 345345 and you will be subscribed or just go to thegentlymad.com and you can subscribe there. Once again, if you enjoy this, please go to iTunes, leave me a rating and review. I would really appreciate it and it really helps other people find the show and I would just uh, really appreciate it. I already said that. Why am I saying it again? Because I'm unpracticed and this is all, all feels new again. Okay, enough. We gotta stop. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm really glad to be back. Hit me up on Twitter at AVClark or shoot me an email, adam at avclark.com if there's any way I can help you with your business. Thanks to Fizzle for sponsoring. Check them out at fizzle.co slash TGM. All right, that's it. I hope you guys have a great week and I will see you next time. I'm just a big old tongue old man. That's all that is. Um, that's sort of, how many words am I at?